And welcome back to episode 73 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Well, Carl, we are now officially into February. Where did the month of January go? I'm I don't know. Concerned. It was a very long month for me. It just seemed to drag. <laughs> but it's gone. I'm not just like, what's happening? I, I swear, the older you get, the quicker time flies, doesn't it? You know, it's scary, oh, scary definitely. stuff. But it may be February. But we still have plenty of tech stories for you this week. And a bit of a mix-up again. A couple of uh, updates from stories even that we spoke about um, actually started last month. We've got some updates from NVIDIA. We've got some Apple stories. It wouldn't be the weekly tech round without it. Sony are back. And, well, not to be upset from last week. They've gone ahead and done something. Citrix, iOS 15.4. For the dream of Zuck, the... The, the coin era is over, but more of that later. And the Tech Rant Rumor Mill is back, of course, as well. So then, let's get straight out the gate with the first story then of the week, which is... Carl, come on. What have we got? Oh, well, well. We, we did actually mention this <laughs> in the past, didn't we? we? We speculated that it might go oh, this way. Speculation, but, um, speculation. The rumor from Bloomberg, or oh, they're reporting that NVIDIA is preparing to give up on its 40 billion acquisition of ARM. Uh, the deal has kind of faced what immense scrutiny, hasn't it, from the regulators and, and from its opponents. Oh, we've, had the, we've had obviously the regulators in the UK, the EU, the US, and then the FTC suing to stop the acquisition, haven't we? So yeah, I think Nvidia, it's kind of enough is enough. Maybe you know, it's it's not been officially announced, but it's looking likely that they will can the deal. If there was ever a deal that was never going to happen, it's the the arms sale, wasn't it? And like you say, every every obstacle that could have been thrown in the path of Nvidia uh, has been there, and you know, and like you say, every regulator under the sun in all of the major markets pretty much said they're not happy with this because you know the competition to the industry, uh, how that you know it may you know may damage it. The British, obviously, you know, we we're worried about national security with with, with ARM if they're if they're sold. But, you know, NVIDIA have been pretty bullish about it, despite all of the challenges, haven't they? They've constantly put out press releases saying, you know, their confidence is going to go ahead. You know, they're, they're looking to, you know, embrace ARM into, into their business. But it does yep. seem then actually behind the scenes, the tune has changed, doesn't it? And they're, they're now, yeah. now really looking at actually this is going to... And SoftBank, though, well, they seem to be rumoured as well to be uh, looking to go down another road themselves, aren't they, with ARM? Yeah, I was saying, well, the Bloomberg report saying, you know, NVIDIA is telling partners it doesn't expect a deal to go through. But you say, say the interesting one is SoftBank, because they're reportedly stepping up preparations to take ARM public via an IPO. Now, of course, SoftBank and NVIDIA are saying, no comment, we're still trying to push the deal through. <laughs> but behind the scenes, we're like, quickly, how do we get rid of this quick? We need how the money panic. back. <laughs> you know, because SoftBank haven't had particularly... Um, how do we put this carefully? But particularly good business deals in the last few years have they? The whole WeWork debacle. We work. Yes, <laughs> we yes, work. indeed, WeWork. We, we don't work. <laughs> no, we're not working with WeWork. Uh, yeah, that was that was not a good look for them. I mean, because you know, SoftBank actually had a, a really really good history um, around you know, buying companies, developing, wasn't it? You know, in, yeah. innovation within the tech industry and that innovation fund that they had had really good backers. But the whole WeWork thing, I think, just you know, spoilt the spoilt the pie a little bit to uh, to say there. You know, there's a joke. Um, you know, Raspberry Pi. No, never mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and also if they go public, this could work out in the favour, I suppose, for SoftBank because they could probably make maybe more than forty billion. 
in an IPO potentially. Yeah, I think they'll face less scrutiny. Uh, I think but, the regulators will be happier with an IPO than Nvidia. Yeah, but where do they IPO? That's the case. So obviously, Arm is headquartered here in the UK. So is that a yeah. listing on the you know the London Stock Exchange of the the FTSE, or you know would they look to go a bit more global with you know you know the the Nasdaq or something like that? Or I don't know, but it depends, I guess, where they think they can make the, the most money. I suppose yeah. if they go down that road, but. You're right. Regulators would they be would they be you know less concerned if it was IPO'd because you're right. The company may then sell, let's say, be headquartered based in the UK as a UK company, yeah. um, and if they are public, you know they're facing more scrutiny because of being a public company, aren't they? Yeah, but there's a lot less I'm, chance of one other well, company having a majority decision in 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 that. Yeah, it just depends though. People could come along, you know, P, you know, sorry, you know. Per, uh, private equity, excuse me, venture capitalism, yeah. other funds could buy large chunks of it up. I suppose that's the other concern. I, but I, I imagine I there'll be enough competition. It's, if you go IPOs, it will go through the roof. Uh, there'll be enough competition. That I don't think anyone will be able to buy a controlling interest. No, I mean, Arm is so ubiquitous now, isn't it? Their designs, the work they're doing across the whole of the the IT industry. Yeah, the money definitely is there, and I think people will want to oh, will want to have a piece of that. Perhaps you know it could be one of the biggest IPOs in the, in the last few years potentially. I suppose, uh, but I don't know. But who will they buy? I suppose do Nvidia then look to other companies to shore up the the CPU side of the business? Because the who's the other one? Risk uh, Risk Five, isn't it? Um, Risk Five, yeah. Which Apple are looking into, aren't they? Because they're, they're apparently doing some designs on it. AMD, yep. I think I've just had the go ahead on Xilanx. Oh, yep, yeah, they were looking at them, weren't they? Too? Yeah, yeah they, they've apparently had not really much problem whatsoever, and apparently I think it's more or less a done deal. What about something like Qualcomm? Maybe, but would you then face the same problem? I suppose because they are as they looking how they supply who's who they supply in the market space. Yeah, would you end up with the same concerns then that you know you've just snapped up you know again a major player that surfaces lots of your competitors mm. mind uh, you i've just looked at the market cap of qualcomm uh it's a big 211 billion well fair play fair play i mean you know it was an ambitious it was an ambitious punt but you know <laughs> <laughs> what's nvidia's i wonder if it's that high i mean nvidia's is 628 so okay, well they it, could do then, yeah. Not out of the realms, but it's a big no, job, it's no, a lot of money. No. But yeah, I, I suspect yeah, this is this deal as a as a buyout or a merger, whatever you want to call it, is probably dead in the water, isn't it? Unless yeah, so. unless something changes, unless something absolutely miraculous happens, I think definitely dead in the water here. Which is a shame, but considering all of the backlash and all of the regulatory oversight, I don't think we're surprised, are we? No, no, and Nvidia is going to lose a pretty penny if this goes south. I'll be losing a few billion, I imagine. Oh yes, because it wouldn't have been cheap. All the work they've been doing, is it? And all the no. and of course the damage to their to their brand of you know will probably dent the stock quite a bit, as you say. But yeah, but one company though that uh, isn't going to be too worried about losing a bit off the bottom line at the moment is our <laughs> friends over in Cupertino, isn't it? <laughs> no. So was it was it last week we spoke about a few weeks back about uh, Apple being. I... Yeah, I think it was like what uh, two well, weeks I back, maybe three, three weeks, two, three weeks back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we spoke about Apple basically being forced by multiple countries to, you know, allow alternate payment systems. We spoke specifically about 
the Dutch. Uh, the competition yep. regular, yeah, yeah. The authority for consumers and markets. Um, and, and, and theirs wasn't it. For, theirs wasn't for any app in the store. It was specifically dating apps, wasn't it? That they that they said bizarrely. The, bizarrely, I think that's because that's where Match dot com uh, uh, incorporated, aren't they? Uh yes, that was it. We we could we did kind of like wonder why of all the places, wasn't it? It was yeah, there, it but, is. yeah. But anyway, well, it seems the uh, the Dutch, uh, you know, regular. Still isn't happy with Apple's progress. So Apple did obviously announce that, uh, I think we talked about the contrived way that you had to deploy a second app to the store that only allowed uh, third-party payments. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is it, yeah. Well, yeah, the Dutch figure isn't happy. Um, So firstly, yeah, they've announced... uh, So while while Apple's announced the plan and details of how it works, it says Apple hasn't actually rolled out support for third-party payment providers. Um. The ACM notes that developers are now able to express their interest in using alternative payment systems, but not actually able to use them in the apps. That's classic Apple, though, isn't it? That is it absolutely is. classic is. Apple. Lip service to the point, and then, you know, slapped. <laughs> exactly. And, and the second point, that they say they're not happy that basically you have to choose one or the other. The ACM wants to provide be able to choose both options within the same app. So <laughs> they've now decided to find Apple 5 million euros per week that they, that, that, until they can properly comply with the order this is a tr- <laughs> this this is a true two trillion nearly you know two trillion plus company five million which is not gonna you know well, i ran the numbers so oh well apple done made, well done apple uh, to me one thing, apple made 20.6 billion in net profit last year alone yeah so that five million a week is 260 million a year or 1.26% of their yearly net profit. Uh, it's like Some would argue they probably make that in interest. I was going to say the amount of money that Apple have got sat in the bank because they are very cash heavy, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it would probably, like you say, the interest on their cash holdings alone would probably cover that. But what, what made me laugh, this whole thing, was... One person in particular made sure that... Oh, let me guess who. Was it Mr. Sweeney, by any chance? It was indeed, yes. Tim Sweeney Epic, as he's uh, known on Twitter, was very quick to uh, welcome the uh, the ruling, wasn't he, by the Dutch ACM. And wanted to make sure that all of his followers were well aware of that. Um, and uh, not only posted, you know, that the... Well, as he called it, the evasion on the Dutch law. He then posted an update to say that... The Dutch ACM has found Apple's sham solution to open up payments to competition is legally compliant. Tim, are you worried <laughs> about this? Is this something that you feel feel slightly aggrieved by here? I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Are we surprised oh, again? Yeah. No. This should be the episode. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> no, it'd be a lot of that. <laughs> but, I mean, Apple don't do things quickly. Uh, I was quite surprised when no, they, when we they when we spoke have. about this when last time that they were you know that they, they would they were going to look out of this. Apparently, though, I did read something though that I think doesn't that fine though top out at fifty million. Oh, does it's it? Like I, max- I must have missed I think, that one. I think I read somewhere there was a maximum fifty million on the fine. <laughs> in that case, Apple will just go. Oh, we'll just pay that now. <laughs> like, dude, how do you <laughs> want we'll, it? We might deploy it in three or four more years. <laughs> How do, you, how do you want it, you know? Um, the only worry here, though... Oh, deliver it in pound, in uh, euro coins to the <laughs> office. Yeah, deliver you know, several trucks. Yeah. Um, the thing is here, though, is that 
are they stalling because not that you know they, they won't comply but b this opens up one hell of a minefield as we know it will do considering the apple epic situation and the whole concern you know the loss of control yeah. that apple you know worried about we all you know we spoke about that, that at length you know we, we kind of agreed that you know yeah this is going to happen at some point and the whole apple thing on saying okay well we'll give you third party payment plans um but you know basically the time you've done all that that 30 percent you're paying us well you've paid more than that that's kind of their view isn't it you know well it was it, yeah it's uh and I don't and I don't think for a second that Apple would pull out of the Netherlands as a market the same way they wouldn't pull out no. the UK. Do you remember with that threat? They're idle threats. Apple don't they, of course they are. you know I just think that here is that they're just stalling because they want to drag it out as long as they can because it opens up it op- if they have to do it here as they have to in South Korea, then it gives other markets, you know, other places, UK, other countries, etc. gives them more weight in their arguments and their investigations against apple isn't it yeah we've well, already done it here so why not there you know, exactly. i suppose every month they store that's another couple of billion in the bank net profit yeah exactly exactly and that you know nobody's going to be getting that money off them you know um it just just it it, get, it just gets um tiresome i think when you when you see this every time isn't it with uh with it with these either these apple rulings it's like guys you're not helping yourselves here at all um it's like tim cook isn't he's a very intelligent man and i appreciate it's not just him that makes these decisions let's be quite honest here isn't it there's a whole board the whole sea level there uh that are that are part of this but and i'd love to be a fly on the wall i'm sure like a lot of people would be but you just have to wonder sometimes is is there a mentality in that room of like what are they going to do to us you know are we untouchable yeah or how long can we drag this out to basically you know rebuild the castle so it's stronger everywhere else so when we let down the drawbridge they still can't get in kind of thing you know it just it, it just it's I, I very odd. There's, an, there's an equal measure of both going on and there will be a long-term game plan here that's yeah yeah it's a very much chinese approach isn't it we, you know we, we're not trying to we're not winning we're not winning the the battle we're going to win the war isn't it you know the long stretch yeah. of of the of you know kind of that sort of warfare uh, but I don't know. But talking about Apple though and apps, though, interestingly, there was another little story, wasn't it, that came out in the last week uh, that Apple is now allowing uh, what's called unlisted app distribution via the App Store, which you and I, coming from yeah. our mobile background, kind of laughed at, but we're like, sorry, they're doing what? Because we've been doing this for ages, haven't we? Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So effectively, this this allows the developers to publish apps to the store that you can only install via a direct link. So basically, it's a hidden application. So you can't search yeah, for it. Yes, it's you... not listed. Um, Google have been doing this for years um, to allow applications to be deployed by MDM. Typically, they're either, you know, company applications, aren't they, that you yep. that you want to have out there. Um, there may be sometimes apps that are used for events, that kind of stuff, uh, you know. And it's just like, Apple, you've caught up, you know, only what, Six, seven years late. It's yeah. not. It's like... I suppose but... Apple have been doing it in a way, haven't they? They've got the business to business store. Uh, they, they've, they've got, got test the flight. You, they've got test flight, but they've also got the ability. The fact they didn't need a store because companies have MDM, or most companies have MDM. And you just sign up for an Apple developer certificate for building your own apps anyway. Yep. And then you just load it into your MDM and send it. There's no need for a store. 
no, you're right. And that was the other thing you could do. You just upload the IPA file and off you trot, isn't it? Um, yeah. I wonder whether they, this is, I wonder whether this has come about because of the Apple Essentials, you know, the new MDM that Apple, have, well, it's not new, is it? It's it's a rehash of Fleetsmith. Could do, that yeah. They, that they've done this. But interestingly, though, they you still need to pass the App Store review process with these apps. So it still needs to find the URL. Yeah, so it still needs to be um it still needs to be approved by Apple, it still needs to be checked. Uh you know, so I I I I was when I read it I was like interested then I kind of like you say knowing what they've already got I was puzzled of like well who really is going to use this because if you you know if it's an event typically actually those those events apps get published don't they I've seen it before like yep. companies we work for they publish an app to the store it's pretty much useless to 99.9% of people because unless you can log in with... after the event. Yeah, as well. It's stagnant, isn't it, as well? So I wonder, actually, in that sense, that's probably a better way of doing it because once it's, it's a stagnant app, it doesn't, you know, you don't want it littering the store, do you, I suppose? It, yeah, uh, it cleans up the store a bit, doesn't it? But yeah, it just, it just seemed a bit like odd considering, you know, Google have been there quite some time, but you know, I, with all that was going on with the apps in Apple, it was just a curious uh, little development that they dropped in there. Yeah, definitely. but then so moving away from Apple then to uh, <laughs> a company with slightly less money, uh, Sony. Well, got a bit of a rubbing last week, didn't they, from uh, from Microsoft when uh, that's nearly sixty nine billion dollar uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Activision, uh, yeah, and what did they lose? They lost. They lost twenty billion off their stock price, didn't they, of their shares? Uh, bit of, bit of a bad four hours. Yeah. <laughs> But considering they lost twenty billion, they've gone and spent some cash then this week. I did. We we literally said, "What are they going to do?" <laughs> well, they've gone and done this. And obviously, this isn't a reaction. These things take time. This isn't just a time. Crap, I'm it? just going to buy someone. But yeah, they've gone and bought Bungie. You know, the, the guys that make Destiny and well, the original Halo game. Uh, I, Xbox exclusive. Like, you're like hanging. I don't make Halo anymore. But uh, no. Yeah. It's like there's some irony there, wasn't there? It's like, it's, yeah. you know, you After can... they bought Activision, who also own Crash Bandicoot and uh, Spyro, so uh, <laughs> yeah. But they didn't. They didn't spend sixty nine billion, did they? Not even close. No, three point six. Three point six. Yeah, three point six billion. So, uh, but it's it's a bit of a weird one. So, I thought Sony were going when I heard this. It's it was all about having exclusives because Sony liked to talk about. You have the most exclusives on PlayStation, stuff like that. But apparently, apparently not. not about exclusives. <laughs> apparently not. So Bungie will continue to be a multi-platform and independent studio and publisher. Um, and they did yeah. they did publish a little FAQ, didn't they? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes, funny yes, say, yes. Oh, so, Carl, uh, please, I'll, I'll ask the question if you'd like to give me the answer. Okay, let's go for it. So, as a Destiny 2 player then, uh, does Bungie becoming part of PlayStation have any immediate impact on how I'm going to play and experience Destiny? No. Okay. Um, will Destiny 2 experience on non-PlayStation platforms be impacted by Bungie becoming part of PlayStation? No. Okay. Uh, will any announced seasons, events, packs, or expansions be changed or impacted by Bungie becoming part of PlayStation? No. Okay. Uh, will Destiny 2 The Witch Queen, snappy title, uh, include any platform exclusives? No. Huh. Um, uh, okay. Uh, will cross-platform features like cross-save, cross-play, the Destiny 2 app, uh, or other things be changed or removed? No. Um, okay. A uh, couple <laughs> more. Uh, don't worry. Not, we need there. Uh, Bungie has future games in development. Are they going to become PlayStation exclusives? 
No. Okay. Uh, last one then. Um, I, 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 you know, I play Destiny on Steam, Xbox, or Stadia. You going to support that? The man, he says yes. Hey, yeah, fantastic. So basically, then you, they're not going to change anything. Apparently, that's what they tell no, us. No, um, no. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hmm. it's the weirdest. I was wondering what they're going to do, but then I read a statement, uh, <laughs> and I was like, ah. So they, they said, like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what IPs can become. <laughs> hmm. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic oh. franchises that unite friends around the world. Families across generations and fans across multiple platforms that entertain mediums. But only if you pay the money to Sony uh, for that cross-platform play. But uh, So, I mean, are they going to be making TV and movie series from all the IP that Bungie have got? Are we going to get a I Destiny just, movie? I, you know, I read this. It did. It made me laugh because the way they kind of announced, you know, it's like, you're right. It's like, yeah. great, we bought Bungie, fantastic. But then basically they stated, like, no, basically we're not going to make anything exclusive. It's like it's, it's, it's no. Hmm. Well, you say that now. Trust me, that'll come back and bite you. I guarantee you, it will bite you. Um, it will. But I mean, but, maybe they're just ensuring uh, that one Microsoft doesn't buy Bungie because so well, they've, they've got, got some games. Them. They've got yeah, some. Yeah, and, and Destiny is quite an important uh, game to Sony. Uh, it's it's in the top ten played PS5 games of all time by gameplay hours. It's like number six on the list. I think it does bring in a lot of money. You know, Destiny is kind of a free-to-play game, but there's a lot of things like microtransactions and season passes oh, to God, get extra yeah. goodies and stuff. And apparently they're making a lot of money out of that one, which is obviously now going to go directly to Sony. Yeah, and I think they could probably do shoring that up. Interestingly, um, there was an article published today following the last quarterly earnings report. Sony announced that they'd only, they had only only sold 3.9 million PS5s in the last quarter, which now so amounts wants to, to know what Microsoft total... has sold for Xboxes. Yeah, and it's, that means that according to that figure then, they've only, they again only sold, they've only sold 17.3 million PS5s total since launch. Now, interestingly, they had sold over 20 million PS4 consoles in the same time frame but as we kind of were saying off air COVID-19 didn't exist there wasn't a pandemic there wasn't a you know component shortage was there? component shortage yeah but what what is worrying though for Sony is that they saw um a drop of 70% year on year uh, revenue drop in a gaming network services business unit and that they are basically the PS um PlayStation, oh, what's it called? Uh, now. Network. Uh, uh, PlayStation Plus, oh. thank you. Plus, uh, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, PlayStation Plus was stagnant. Um, oh. So they have 100, 111 million active users, which is slightly up, but revenue is, uh, sorry, subscribers overall, excuse me, is stagnant. Um, and they've seen like a drop off as well in some of the areas. Something is wrong with, with their market, uh, clearly, you know, and I think that you could look at impacts across COVID. I think the Game Pass situation, not necessarily Xbox, yeah. but the Game Pass, has clearly had a major impact on their on their bottom line because a lot of people have have moved over, haven't they? I think you know. Yeah, it's um, a, certainly a, from a value perspective, it's certainly a lot more compelling. But you know, you could argue, well, for Microsoft, their Xbox Live is probably stagnant. Well, yeah, probably is, but they they don't want you buying Xbox Live anymore. They want you buying Game you Pass. Buy don't they? I'm not. I, don't, I think they might have killed you can, that. I think it, well, it's wrapped in, wasn't it? It was wrapped into, I think, it's the certainly end wrapped days into Game, Game Pass. Pass but yeah. 
Um, and also, there's still a supply chain issue for, for I think, Xbox and PS5, but PS5 yeah. definitely. Uh, but uh, I doubt that the PS5 is going to be the best-selling console of this generation. No, uh, I think so. You know. I'd really, really be interested to know what Microsoft's figures are on that, but whether they'll release that, I don't know. Well, it depends. Well, how, I guess, it, is it... How how you know how bullish do they want to be? You know, if it's no, well, if they're they've, big, they've announced they've got you know twenty five million active subscribers to Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass is grow. I think in growing, 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 and the the addition of these additional studios. Sorry, it's double addition. Yeah. the addition of these studios. Excuse me, and their and their IP is just gonna blow you know explode isn't it it's just gonna go massive in terms of what's gonna be there price is gonna yeah. go up um yeah it'll be and, down at know, some point what but, was it 1099 for ultimate at the moment when i think when i think what you get you know yeah. <laughs> you can't really argue can you i reckon we're gonna see yeah. 1599 at least in a, in a price bump for the ultimate yeah, package you could be, you could be, but Sony, yes, they're hurting, they're hurting. But maybe the Bungie acquisition then for them is is a more strategic play, as you say, to move into a more entertainment view rather than yeah. pure gaming, and try and try and build up some service orientated uh, money coming in. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's all about the services, my man. That's what we it's want all recurring, about. Recurring revenue. Yep, that's what Apple want. Remember, that's what they want. Yep. Talking of revenue and sales, then slightly different uh, picture. Then coming away from the gaming world into the world of enterprise IT, you know we cover it all on this show. So Citrix, maybe a name that you're familiar with out there in IT world. We certainly are here. Yep. Citrix has been knocking around for some years now. You know, back in the yeah. early days of virtualization, Citrix uh, were there. Um, these days, they're well, more a cloud, aren't they? More of cloud, more of uh, you know, end user computing mm. technologies. Yep. Um, but the last year has not been a great one for Citrix, has it? Uh, where they've uh, had quite a bit of a layoffs in a period. Uh, they've had yep. obviously a bit of a drop in their revenues. Um, and now it looks like they've just been bought then by a private, equ- well, a pair of private equity firms, yes. isn't it? Um, by the name of yeah. Vista Equity Partners and Evergreen Coast Capital. For the pricey sum of sixteen point five billion US dollars. So, Carl, this is an interesting one. I think you reckon? Yeah, I mean, uh, the plan they're announcing. Obviously, Citrix. Well, first, Citrix is you know is publicly traded on the Nasdaq, so they're pulling yeah. them off that and going completely private. Uh, yeah, interestingly, shareholders are going to get a bit of money out of it. Uh, they're saying one hundred and four dollars a share, which is like a twenty four percent premium. It's not bad, is so it? That's, is that, is that to keep them sweet, though? Oh, I think that's to keep them sweet, uh, and why not? Um, yeah, so Vista is saying that they plan to combine Citrix with Tibco, which is another acquisition they made back in 2014, to, to basically build up some giant services company. Well, like I say, Tibco, as I, I was kind of when I was looking at this, I was like, oh, oh, Tibco, why do I know that name? I kind of like, I you know, it really was familiar. Yeah. But there, as I said, the, you know, I was saying to you, wasn't I? Was, so Tipco do data analytics, um, yeah. business information, don't they? All that kind of stuff, op, you know, optimization. Uh, been around quite a while, uh, but yeah, you're right. Definitely, there's definitely a plan here around services because they also own a few other companies as well, don't they? In in their portfolio, that from an IT perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, technically, we've worked for some of them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one true. point. I mean, in my previous job, I worked for one owned by Vista. Uh, and, a, and a previous life to that, I've just been bought by a company owned by Vista. So uh, <laughs> Vista are on a spree. But yeah, Vista own a lot of companies. I It's um, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, because I was reading today about sort of, you know, private equity companies and, you know, what yeah. they're doing. And, and you know, a lot of them have got money, haven't they, at the moment? A lot of them have sat on a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, and it seems that actually buying up a lot of companies... Is probably a good way to reinvest that capital uh, and build out. And you know, Vista clearly have got you know they've got history here in that in that space. And for 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 Citrix, so Citrix are not a small company by any by any you know measure of it. You know, they yeah. was it um, the the new combined company uh, that Citrix will now form. Uh, what, what the figures? I think I read somewhere was it four hundred thousand? That was it four hundred thousand customers, including ninety eight percent of the Fortune five hundred. Uh, and yeah. Citrix has over 100 million users across 100 different countries. So for 30 years, they've been around. Um, and yeah, and they have gone under quite a few changes, haven't they, Citrix, in the years? I mean, I, let's say I remember them when they were purely doing virtualization. Um, yeah. You know, they, today, they do you know a lot more to that. They've got you know end user computing, haven't they? They've got different uh, elements uh, of that business. Um, they do application virtualization uh didn't they they bought log me in didn't they uh a few years back if i remember didn't they uh, the, and they um, spun them off though i think they did didn't they 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 got rid of them yeah they did temporarily <laughs> i think then got rid of them they did there and you know and and they did also remote, remote access wasn't it and things like that um you know it's yeah i think definitely um definitely an interesting move here and hopefully for the people that work for citrix it's a safe place to be because, as I said earlier, there were, quite one, a, hopefully, yeah. there were quite a few layoffs um, last year. And I think, you know, quite a lot of key people did leave, lose the company. So for yeah. those that have remained, you know, hopefully this is a positive step forward for them and uh, can breathe some new life into the company, you know, yeah, as they try and, as they try and uh, move themselves into a cloud, cloud company in the, in the world of SaaS, you know, applications. But yeah, yeah, you're right. We've got, we've, we've come close. I think, as you say, we've, um, you know, in our respective career paths, we've uh, bumped into Vista and uh, you know it's other companies yeah. in different places, haven't we? So, we yeah, have. curious, curious times. But um, yeah, nice to have a bit of an enterprise IT story on the uh, on the on the podcast for a change. So then, we've what have we got covered then? Um, ah, well, yes, now, yes, 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 yes. So then, have you updated then to iOS fifteen point four yet? The beta. No, I have. I'm off the beta track at the moment, so I have uh, not. So I have. Um, one of the things, by the way, which was on the thing we're talking about, it now has support for wearing masks on Face ID. Oh, does it? Not that you so, just because you need the watch currently, don't you? Yeah, no, no, you don't need that now. So what happens is when you do 15.4 and it, yeah. uh, it, it first time it reboots, it comes back in. Yeah. Um, it uh, gets you to rescan your face, and you can also rescan your face with different glasses. Okay, so what, like sunglasses and normal glasses? I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, yeah. What about sunglasses and a mask? How will it tell it's you? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't tried that. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> it, scans, it scans um, it scans the area around your eyes uh, to help with identification if you're wearing yeah. a mask. So it's quite okay. Um, but interesting. That wasn't the only thing that was in there. Obviously, Universal Control was in there as well. That's in the latest beta of fifteen point four and macOS. Have you tried that yet? Not yet. I'm gonna 
I'm going to hold on that to pick up on next week's show because I haven't updated my other Mac yet. So, uh, okay. Uh, so that's, that's what we'll pick up. But you spotted a little t- tip, didn't you, in uh, in the, the notes there that around it's a it little was. support to something else. It was tucked at the very, very end. But first, you'll be excited to know you'll be able to custom icons and push notifications for web apps. Right, all that over. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the push notifications for apps could be quite good. That's quite uh, handy, actually, I think, yeah. It could be quite handy, just like you can get on desktop. But the big one, tucked at the bottom, was support for WebXR's API, which basically provides uh, support for augmented and virtual reality headsets on websites. That's rather strange, considering you can't actually buy an AR VR headset for uh, iOS. Windows no, and that's, and that's clearly not going to be support for third-party headsets no not before apple have got one out no anyway. way that's not like oh yes you can now use your oculus or or insert other <laughs> manufacturer yeah no that's not way happening. that is no. interesting but i mean let's be honest though apple have got history of dropping in the code way before they launched a product haven't they um they have exactly you know, get it out there get it tested yeah that's not you know that's that's definitely not something new but it is a little interesting tip considering all of the hype around the alleged AR VR headset that they are working on uh, to see yeah. that. So yeah, I maybe maybe it is closer than you know people think it is. Then you know maybe maybe it could be a twenty twenty two release if that's the case. Could be. Or, I mean, I I, um, I imagine iOS sixteen. It, it, it'll be talked about at that point. Yeah, I uh, yeah. setting the ground for it of maybe a headset release at the end of the year or next year. Or are we looking at you know, a WWDC next year, a full release of the dev kit for it. You know, we could we could be looking at one last thing. Yeah, but we say that every year and it never happens. Never happens. No, I keep hoping. Come on, I mean, Mr. What, Cook, what... just drop that immortal saying and give us a <laughs> VR headset. It's the one last thing that they've you know they've created a Steve Jobs hologram and he steps out. You know, a bit like was it the two pack yeah. one, wasn't it? That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That would be that would be something else, but I wonder whether or not that may be in bad taste. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so then before we get into the tech rap room meal, then the last story of the week is ah, oh, I'm so sorry. Right, if you've got a laughter <sighs> board, can you queue it up? Because I laughed hard. <laughs> I, I haven't got one, but what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Um, oh, hang on, this might do it. <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait for it, wait for it. So then. Okay, Zuckerberg. so. <laughs> yeah, so after multiple rebrands, congressional hearings, and several high-profile staff departures, the Facebook meta-backed cryptocurrency known as Dime? DM? DM, Dime, or Libra. They've given up. So I'm sure we spoke about this in the podcast before, Facebook's attempt at a cryptocurrency. Um, but yeah, that they they've thrown in the towel. It hasn't really worked out, and they basically shut it down and sold us assets for two hundred million to a, a, a company called Silvergate. They're yeah, a kind of a crypto focused bank. Yeah, that's the odd part about that, isn't it? So yeah, you're right. As far as as far as Meta are concerned, then you know crypto uh, is is no longer on the on the on the project board because yeah, as you're saying, this uh, DM or, or formerly known as Libra. Yeah was what they classed as a stable coin, wasn't it? Um, it so it is. Kind of, it, it was it is. Um, tagged. Uh, I mean, was it's kind of matching the dollar and things like that, wasn't it? Yeah. So basically, it's a, 
it's basically designed to give you kind of a consistent price that doesn't really fluctuate like other cryptocurrencies. So, you know, Bitcoin is always up and down, isn't it? <laughs> you hear about going up $30,000 in one day, which isn't really conducive to using cryptocurrency for kind of everyday purchases. Uh, so, yeah, what they do is they kind of peg it to something like the US dollar or price of gold or silver, something that doesn't fluctuate too heavily. And the idea also bit really being it's kind of back. So say you were to sell a, I don't know, a crypto coin for one US dollar, it'd be backed by one US dollar in a reserve. Uh, so basically everyone could pull the money out of the network in one go and then be able to pay out. Well, what's wrong with, uh, you know, going up $30,000 in a day? You know, my pizza cost me, you know... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's five dollars yesterday. Now it cost me five hundred thousand dollars. You know, but yeah, stable coins. If you paid that for your pizza, yeah, you so, would be a little bit. A, well, what, that was a, joke, a valid reason to have stable coins if we want to move to using cryptocurrency as an actual currency. It's definitely, but the fact is, it was Meta. <laughs> and the Federal Reserve was Meta very as its much... founder and backer. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was going to fail, wasn't it? I mean, too many people distrust Meta. Could you imagine? Basically, Meta having access to your bank account and seeing what you spend your money on. Because uh, basically, that's effectively what it would have been if it had been a success. Yeah. And as I was saying, the weird thing I found, who they sold it to, as you say, the Silvergate Bank, who uh, yeah. <laughs> well, basically, they they could re they could still make it work, couldn't they? They could re you know use those assets because yeah, 200 million was still quite a chunk of change. It wasn't like they handed over the IP and said, thanks very much, was it? It was yeah, no. a bit of money. I, I mean, it's, it's way more likely to work with Facebook not being involved. Uh, well, yes, true. But I suppose there also then could be the fact they've still got the legacy of Facebook. On a kind of yeah. related note, though, talking about stable coins, I don't know if you saw today, but there was a news, in, there was in a thing in the BBC today that India, uh, India's finance minister said that the country is going to launch a digital version of the rupee you know, the Indian currency later this year. Oh wow! Okay. Didn't so they're going to they're going to have a national, uh, you know, um, well, crypto, I suppose, isn't it? If you want to call Cryptocurrency, it currency, yeah. Um, which clearly will be a stable coin as well because it'll be tagged to the rupee. Uh, and they're going to also have a thirty percent tax on digital assets. Oh. So anybody oh. who trades or transfers cryptocurrencies and oh, I can't I hate this non fungible tokens. NFTs. In the country's highest tax band. So if you basically, wow. if you do any of that stuff, you get put in the highest tax band. Um, yeah. I'm sure I that's the only profit you make. Yeah. But so it's China's like capital gains, but for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But China's also testing um, a digital, they call is it the one? You know, the Chinese currency. Well, I imagine because China want to ban cryptocurrency. I, I well, they do. From their own. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, they don't, they want their own. And also, the Bank of England is uh, ex currently going through exploration as well around um, uh, its own central bank. Okay. Country. I mean, let's be honest, we, we are going to get, we are going to get to the point, uh, a state where digital currencies exist because they have to, I suppose. Do we not only have digital currency nowadays? When was the last time you got cash out? That's a very valid point. I will give you that. If you think about it, all 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 currency is digital today because so yeah, they my don't money, move there trucks is... of money really between banks when you transfer it electronically. No, there's no money in the bank, is there? Let's be, let's be fair. There isn't a there isn't a vault that says J on it or Carl and uh, you know no, and I you know several pence in there. Because let's be honest, that's all we've got. Um, I mean, when these cryptocurrencies are then run by the government, 
they're kind of missing the point of the cryptocurrencies and the fact it was decentralized and no one owned it. <laughs> yeah, but that's Which it. Was the major but, selling point of it, yeah, wasn't but that's it? That's like that's like every one of these things, isn't it? That comes back around and you know it's. It just is the way it goes, but you know, unlike I suppose the government currencies quite well, your 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 Zucker coin, <laughs> yeah, isn't isn't going to be too well uh, isn't going to be too uh, too well appreciated, is it? You know, but uh, yeah, your yeah. your digital version of insert country name, uh, yeah, I don't know, but you know what, I'm not too upset that uh, Zuck's lost his uh, his coins. He's still no. got plenty of them though, <laughs> isn't he? Either. He's still got I mean, they have it. actually promised not to enforce the trove of cryptocurrency pa- uh, patents they have against other crypto developers. So uh, that's yet. something, I suppose. Yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, with that in mind, let me queue up the... And it's awesome. time... For it's time for the tech rat rumor mill then. So we should probably rename this sometimes to the tech rat apple rumor mill. Um... No, no, we do occasionally have other rumours. Occasionally, occasionally. But the Apple ones tend to be the, I guess, the fully fleshed out ones at the moment. So then, it's that time of year again, because, you know, the the iPhone 13 has only only been out for four months. Uh, You know, that uh, rumours are that Apple are going to do something different this time in in an iOS feature. So, Carl, what have we got there? Cure us up. So, I mean, obviously... The iPhones have had the ability to use NFC payments and NFC chipping in yep. for quite a long time. Again, they were not the first phone to have that, but they came along with Apple Pay and made things very, very slick. But it's always been one way and only Apple have had access to the NFC payment chip. Well, I don't know if the only Apple's going to have access to it part is going to go away, but it looks like it might be you might be able to use it for more than just making payments. You might actually be able to use it for receiving payments. So... Um, if you want to send your friend some money, you'll be able to tap with your Apple Pay on his phone and transfer the money Apple Pay to Apple Pay. Or even if you're a, a merchant, you know, you, you run a store or something, you better accept payments using just your phone without one of those uh, payment pucks from uh, Foursquare or whoever they are. Okay, so what, like your taxi drivers or your little pop-up shop yeah. or whatever, you know. Your iPhone just becomes a payment terminal. And it'll be that- not just Apple Pay, you'll be able to tap your contactless credit cards on there as well, from my understanding. So that sounds great, yeah. But I Apple hope taking thirty percent though. I was just going to say, will it be locked into Apple only because of the secure enclave, or will I will I be if I'm with Foursquare or Square, or whatever they're called, or whoever sum up, isn't it? You know, yeah. will I be allowed to use my app from those people and the built-in hardware, or will it just be Apple? That's the question, isn't it? Oh, I reckon it will just be Apple on, on revision one. <laughs> Right then, for sure. let's let's give the regulator a call because you're going to be busy. By the time re- release two comes out, everyone else would have given up on it because Apple have taken the market. They're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they sit in their boardroom going, "What can we release that's going to cause mayhem?" It's like, and it's the lawyers are like, "Boys, are you busy?" <laughs> like, no, we're fine. <laughs> It's like, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I suppose in some respects, Apple Pay is not a competitive service because Apple Pay. I'm not talking about Apple Card. I'm talking about the the, the platform. Yeah, supports all cards. Well, actually, as long as the as long as the vendor supports it, doesn't it? it supports all yeah, cards. As long so, the bank supports it. Yeah, yeah, which most of them do, apart from my corporate card, which is very annoying. <laughs> mm, yes, 
you know, that's 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 really good. So in theory, I can't see how it could be competitive unless Apple lock it into their own their own payment system like Apple Card, for example. But if they allow other apps to use it, then well, it's probably probably quite a cool idea. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But then are they just going to be allowed to put in your bank details and have the money automatically transferred to your bank? Hmm. Or does it sit like an escrow pot sort of thing? Yeah. Which you then withdraw out? I don't know. I, I mean, look, I you know, think of it before. Do you remember before, like before we had the little MF- NFC terminals? Yep. If you had to pay by credit card, you had to have payment terminal didn't you and you had to get yes. them from the big players you know the banks it cost you a lot of money they 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 creamed a bit off the top then they were the transaction and you know they yep. were expensive and when contactless came out it was really frustrating because not everywhere had a terminal did they and you know certainly right. certainly a little pop-up shop didn't have one your taxi driver rarely had one unless no. they were big firm. I mean, there was a little uh coffee shop around the corner from where i live that didn't even take credit cards full stop because but now, the payment was too expensive, yeah. Yeah, but now companies like Square, like SumUp and the other players, you know, you get the little puck, as you say, that Bluetooth or NF, you know, or sorry, USB or whatever, yeah. and everybody can take card, don't they? Everybody can, yes. in theory. And and the payments for that are, I think, are dependent. Some of them are, you know, are cheap. Some of them, you know, are, um, you know, take a small fee, whatever. But it has really democratised card payments, especially in a... Yeah. I, I don't want to say a post-COVID world because that's not the right statement, but you know what I mean? In a world where nobody wants cash anymore, actually, right. you know, we all want to be able to pay somewhere. So, yeah, this is probably just an extension of that. So, I mean, if it's true, I quite like it. I quite like it. But, again, it depends how they implement it. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure someone will be unhappy. Ah, so then the last rumor for tonight then is a slight extension of one of the stories we talked about. I looking back at my notes at the start the of the year, was it? yeah start of the year. So we talked uh, Dylan DKT who has gone mysteriously silent, hasn't he on Twitter? He's gone. He's vanished <laughs> on Twitter now. He's he's chucked it. Yeah, he's chucked it all in, hasn't he? Throw the towel in, hasn't he? Said so he's had enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. he announced back then that Apple were looking at making the iPhone 14 eSIM only, so getting rid of the physical SIM yep. card. And that he'd seen uh, planning that suggested that that was the case. Now, we said at the time, whilst Apple probably could do that, you know, given what they did with, you know, the headphone port and things like that, yeah. it probably was a step too far at this stage in time, wasn't it? Yeah, in one go, definitely. Yeah. But another analyst, as leakers, or well, another analyst, I should say, has come out, uh, Emma Moore uh, McClune, uh, who's an analyst uh, at Global Data has put a statement saying that, uh, and a quote, an eSIM only phone was always a question of when, but not if. But so far, there's been insufficient consideration to how. And she says that Apple's unlikely to take a big bang approach with the iPhone 14 and getting rid of the physical SIM card and betting only on eSIM, which is pretty much what we kind of said ourselves. Yeah, what they're, what they're suggesting now then is that there actually there could be two versions uh, of uh, the iPhone 14 for businesses. Okay. So there'd be an eSIM only version and a business friendly dual eSIM slash physical SIM model that you still get today. Yeah. So I kind of think actually that's probably not implausible, you know, is it? If you think about it, yeah. because whilst we were saying about, you know, about networks getting eSIM, it's not always, generally speaking, the eSIMs are out there. 
Um, you know, it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah? Apple do do also versions of the iPhone with dual physical tri- uh, SIM yeah. trays. Certain markets, in the, I think uh, yeah, some South American do, yeah. markets, yeah. Yeah. E-sim, look at it this way. We are all going to go to eSIM. That is going to happen at some I have point. an eSIM and a yeah. physical SIM. But what I mean is, you know, physical SIM cards will go the way of everything else. It will happen. Ancient, aren't they? The... You know, and for all of the people going, oh well, a physical SIM card, you know, uh, you know, it's it it's uh, hot swappable. Um, I can put rooms. This, uh, you know, the, you can't do that stuff with eSIMs. It's not hard. It's just right now the processes aren't particularly. I no, guess swift. Could, could you imagine eSIMs in our one of our previous jobs where we were working yeah. with mobile device management companies and we we're trying to test phones? I'd be swapping a SIM card every couple of minutes to a different phone to test something out. Yeah, eSIMs wouldn't have worked at that point. But it will, ha- but it will, you know, it will become, isn't it? It will become the point. Yeah. The only thing that kind of deb- makes me kind of doubt this is, would Apple want to put additional SKUs into their product lineup? You wouldn't want mm. to duplicate it. So, no. No. will you see then? Maybe that. Maybe will you see something like I don't know. This is just a complete random. The iPhone, a fourteen plus you know max plus tennis phone size you know <laughs> comes yep. with only eSIM and then the standard yeah, one gets you the eSIM physical could be I mean yeah of course but I don't I don't think one of my carriers actually does eSIM at the moment no but they they probably could do if they wanted I they'll have it done in by time by time I'm sure well if you think it today right so if you look at the iPhone so we've both got I mean we've both got 12 maxes haven't we at the moment yeah yeah, Pro um, Maxes, yeah. Pro Maxes. And with the iPhone 13, you got a Pro Max in two different sizes, didn't you? Yeah. So you got Pro Max in what I'd call the, you know, the larger size. Um, yeah. And you got a Pro Max in the, um, the what was it, the height? Uh, basically, it's 5.7 inches, isn't it? The standard one. Yeah. And then the, the large one is 6.3. So you've still got a Pro phone there. But what I'm if, like, say, with the Pro Max, they made that eSIM only. So you still had a Pro phone if you wanted it, and businesses. But you know, yep. if you went, if you dropped top dollar on the 7.6 inch diagonal one, you, that was that was perhaps a differentiator. I could see that happening, maybe, because they've yeah. done similar things in the past where the cameras, haven't they, or capabilities that one has always has slightly, slightly different. It's just a thought. I don't know, but you know, it's just again, it's a rumor, isn't it? That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I say, eSIM will happen eventually. It will it will be the standard because there's like everything change is inevitable, you know. Despite this, yeah. Despite being told differently, change will be inevitable on that. But there you go. That's all. We, that's all we've got this week in the rumor mill. Unless I've forgotten anything. Are we good? No, I think that's everything. Awesome. Well, I think then that is probably a good place for us to wrap up the show tonight. As always, you can find us online at. Uh, my blank there. Uh, TechRant.online for all of our show notes. And you can find us on Twitter at Weekly TechRant, where we link to all of the, the latest episodes and the show notes as well. And of course, we value your comments, feedback, thoughts, and anything you want to tell us with here. We'll be back next week for episode 74 of the Weekly TechRant. But before then, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all.